back quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how oh, you can throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. All right, everybody. Brian Costco here with six P's and a P for the third week in a row in a game with the Browns losing by or winning by three or less points and being decided in the last minute or so. We stand a bit confused about how to feel about our football team. And I'm joined by our correspondents from all over the Midwest. Uh, special guest, Dan Majeski in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey! Brian Wiebe, Windy City of Chicago, Illinois. Great to be here. Ian Wolf from Columbus, Ohio, above a bar. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Sherry Oliver, who happens to be sitting next to me eating a delicious dinner she prepared earlier. Hello. Uh, and the Browns lose to the Ravens 23-21. to uh, we'll all offer some analysis, some hope to understand how to feel. Um, Dan will offer the analysis that comes from not having watched a minute of Browns football, which I feel is a valuable resource for us. Are the Dan, Browns team? Yeah, let me ask you first off, do you feel like it's a shocker or a surprise in either way that the Browns are 1-2 and two to you right now, having not watched anything? I think it's definitely a surprise. I expected them to be 0-3 at this point in the season. See, that's good. I think that's a good point for us all to be at psychologically. I mean, I expect the Browns to lose every game, so when they win, it's amazing. And when they barely lose, it's it's still fine. Right. Well, we barely lost on Sunday. And, in fact, not only did we barely lose, I think we could all agree that the game was really lost in the last few minutes. Um, in fact, the Browns played oh, an yeah. incredible yeah, incredible game before the last four minutes of the game. Um, but in the last four minutes, they missed a field goal, got a field goal blocked, had a bad punt return, and lost only 61 seconds on the clock when they had the ball twice. And the Ravens ended up being able to come back, kick a game-winning field goal. So our big question here before we get into some Dan, feel free to jump in as well, is how do you view this team? Like, how can we analyze them? These games have been closed, but they haven't been able to finish. Well... I, I think Dan just said that when they, you know, lose at the end or it's close, that it's fine. I think that's worse because, like, when they're bad, when they're really bad, you expect them to lose. But they they've played so well for so much of these three games that when they, you know, both their losses have been on last second field goals. That's that's the worst. I hate it so much because they <laughs> they very legitimately could be three and zero, barring like. The first half of that Pittsburgh game, the like last four minutes of the Ravens game, and the last couple minutes of the Pittsburgh game. What if you looked at it as almost winning instead of barely losing? Mm. That, That's where I'm coming from. There's a famous quote that this reminds me of that I wanted to introduce at the beginning of the show, which is that I don't know who said it, but someone said that victory has many fathers, but defeat is a lonely orphan. I think that, that was, was Maury Povich. Maury Povich. We'd love to have you on the show. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was on the walls of the practice facility last year. <laughs> Attributed to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear what uh, Mike Pettin's quote on, you know, there's a phrase for almost winning, it's called losing or something like right. that? Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say that while I... I am excited that these have been close, exciting games. Like, that's, you know, that's fun. That's what you want to see. I am disappointed that we keep losing them uh, in, in sort of stupid ways, basically. Exactly. I, do th I do think that uh, these losses, even though they do suck, they do indicate growth or, or definitely an improving team. Because uh, both the losses are games that could have easily been won. And I think that's just something that's going to come with experience. We'll start figuring out how to close out these games more regularly. Yeah, I mean, obviously a transition needs to be made. Last year, I don't think there were many games they could have won that they lost. Like, they lost those games. They had no hope of winning. And even the games that they won were sort of, you know, 
flukes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon Weed and Jason Campbell are fucking terrible. And uh, Brian Hoyer was good. You know, I mean, except, you know, obviously, you know, we've. I think he's shown that he hasn't been much of a fluke. He's been great all three of the games. I don't think you could put it too much on him. Uh, but it seems like you're right. That, and maybe it goes back to what Dan said. This isn't a veteran group yet, like the Bengals that's been around each other for a couple of years that knows how to finish a game that doesn't get kind of beat down by, you know, this sort of idea that it's the Browns. Of course they're going to blow it at some point, you know. It's, yeah, it's I, a, I think I'm making this up, but I feel like there's more, like, accountability now. Like, I read all these articles where it's like, Mike Pettin says the loss is on him, and Brian Hoyer says the loss is on him. And Joe Hayden says, it's my fault because I got beat on that play. And I feel like in previous Browns regimes, it's like, it's his fault, it's his fault. Get rid of them all, you know? Let's say only one of those three people is correct. It's Justin Gilbert's fault, you know? I mean, I think there's a lot of things that... I thought special... I mean, those two field goals. Yeah. I heard it was very windy. And I think maybe it was the wind's fault. One of my coworkers mm. was at the game, and she said it was incredibly windy. Mm. Well, the one field goal, the, the straight-up miss, was a bad snap, which is what... That was like a 50-yarder, wasn't it? It was a 50-yarder, but the, the snap was definitely low, and that's the second time this year they've had a really low snap on a field goal attempt. And then I, I don't think the wind aided the guy blowing right by Billy Wind to block that other one. Yeah, that dude destroyed that ball. Also, Wind, we'd love to have you on the show. And on a other note, the Yount is definitely responsible for those shitty snaps. Show enough. And I hear. Uh, well, I've got. I've got an alternate theory about the uh, about these uh, these losses. I, I think I think that the AFC North is fucking beast this year. Yeah. I think I think all the teams are really solid. I mean. The, the, the Ravens, they've got a third-string running back who, who went 100 yards against them. The Steelers are still playing top-level football, and these losses are, are in conference. and It's it's going to be a tough, tough next decade, I think. Agreed, yeah. I mean, I think all these teams are good for the first time in a while. Um, and I think it'll take a few games, you know, to kind of sort itself out a little bit. I think it's possible, and of course I say this as a Browns fan, realizes that the Bengals are pretty good. I think it's possible that the Steelers and Ravens aren't as good as, you know, like previously at least. Um, and maybe they're skating by in a few things. Um, I agree. I think they're, they're at this year, it's the last big year for both of them. I see next year as being like heavy losing years for both teams. But their management knows how to recover. So two years from now, they'll be back with something new. But... Yeah, there's going to be a big changeover. they got a lot of 36-year-olds playing. And let's talk about one of those guys really fast before we get into some of this stuff. I want to talk about uh, Mosley, that rookie. He punched Alex, Ma- Alex Mack in the face. Fuck that dude. Also, side note, I wanted, and Ian, you caught this too and texted it to the group, that the whole, like, poor Flacco and his good buddy Ray Rice, you know, it's been a tough, a couple, tough couple of weeks for the organization, like... Yeah, fuck that. Like through and through, <laughs> they get they get no sympathy from me for. Oh, oh no, he he he, he fucking uh, he just threw a haymaker at his woman. It's it's the saddest thing that's ever happened. To right, the team. Uh-huh. they lost yeah. their starting running back. Yeah, because he fucking knocked his fiance unconscious in the elevator. There was tape with three angles of footage of it. And then he like dragged her body off to hide it. God, also. We be your favorite moment was when Dennis Pitta fell and hurt himself. Yes. I, I know that's wrong. You know, it's, <laughs> I get that, you know, we're just talking about how bad it is, like, judging violence, you know, and then I'm like, ha ah. <laughs> 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 Great. They kept showing the replay, and the guy just tripped over his own feet and broke his hip, you know? Like, <laughs> is he 80? It's like he slipped on an invisible banana peel, and I described it earlier as it reminded me of when uh, Steven Tyler fell off stage. You know, Shadow's Royer, right? Delighted others' misfortune. I'm sorry he's really hurt, I guess, but uh, I was loving it at that point. Yeah, he is out for the year. I've got a soft spot for him. He's served time on my awful fantasy teams the last few years. The majestic Majetskis. <laughs> my ass this week after Cam Newton and LaShawn McCoy and Sammy Watkins all decided to not really play much football. 
1.08 is not really an ass whooping, man. I'll take it, though. We're the two lowest scoring teams in the league. It's terrible. All around. What else? We have, we have a few. Of the, I want to talk about, we brought up that this was a great game before the last four minutes. I mentioned a few of the things that happened in those minutes. Um, literally, when you were winning, who, what's in the bag? Who's got something in a bag? <laughs> Ian, cue up the theme music for what's in the bag. What's that was, that was, in the bag? What's in the bag? Uh, that, was, that was my bag. It's, it's uh, Wild Joe's Original Beef Jerky. Take a bite of this. Nice product <laughs> placement. Right. We'll accept that. Uh, Rogie Mountain, better watch out. That Fresh Tech Hotline money does not come cheap. And maybe Wild John's Texas Beef Jicks or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you take that. Or anybody out there. We were trying to do the math on how six feet to peak the Sunday ticket just a few days ago. We in they literally only were able to take sixty one seconds off the clock in having the ball twice with the lead right at the end of the game. And Ian, yeah. I'm gonna let you take this one because I know you like yelling at Kyle Shanahan. Uh, well, you know, I I do. I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, they get the ball back with about four minutes to go, and that first drive I think was forty seven seconds. Uh, if I remember, it was right. a run incomplete pass incomplete pass maybe. I don't remember the exact sequence. But the end result was not a first down, no time taken off the clock, and then you punt it away. Then the defense holds, uh, and then uh, Baltimore is made to punt, and for some fucking reason, Travis Benjamin, standing at the 20, where he could have easily fielded the ball, just lets it roll over, go over his head and roll down at the five-yard line, at which point it's like, well, even... You know, if the Browns don't get a first down here, then they have to punt, and the Ravens are going to have it like midfield, and you just know the game is over. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it shakes out for the Browns. So, yeah, they get that ball with, at the five-yard line, and just, I don't know, once again, the play calling. They, they could have run it three times. They maybe should have run a play-action pass on first, like caught a Baltimore stack in the line. But either way, it was ineffective play calling. and uh, Just too many penalties. <laughs> also that. <laughs> Terry Oliver dropping in with some knowledge. She was in charge for a minute. You guys didn't even know. I pointed I to that in the outline and had her say that. I was getting a beer. I didn't even realize that Weeby had left. In his is Weeby gone? I'm back now, I think. There he is. We're back, everybody. Let's give him a big round of applause. Hey. Lost hey. Chris Poland earlier in the episode. I meant to give him, him a shout-out as well. He'll be joining us later on in the episode for a special Chris Poland segment, which I'm sure will test through the roof. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Now, you said, uh, aside from the last four minutes, that was a, it was a good, well, rounds, but there were definitely some issues. Uh, well, yeah, there were some issues, but, I mean, they screwed the pooch in the last four minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then Joe Hayden, of course, getting absolutely beat on that ball to uh, Steve Smith Sr. now, apparently. Yeah, and I actually have a note here from loyal listener Luke Edwards... Um, and Luke, according to uh, a text message received earlier by the show, is, quote, I'm sick as shit, uh, but did want us to mention that Hayden's having a bad year, and Gilbert, eh. Yeah, Sherry mentioned too many penalties, and also, Jesus Christ, can they stop the run? Right, that's, it's. I mean, that can happen, and, and I think, real fast, I want to go back to Gilbert, too, like, that pass interference call was him, I believe, where, like, the Steelers got the ball at the one. And he just grabbed the guy's helmet? Yeah, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. The Browns. Well, that's the thing for the past five years that the Bengals have been dealing with. And finally, this year, they're not putting the penalties on the board and they're winning. It's just little things like that that come with, like, maturity and working together. They're not going to jail anymore. <laughs> they stopped like, going to jail. We're really not getting arrested. It's been a program. That's what they focused on. I think it's pretty amazing. The old non-arrest good at football combination program. One that the Browns could was it <laughs> was their training camp just a scared straight program? <laughs> it was basically like, uh, okay, look over there, and then everybody looked at Ray Rice, and we're like, yes. <laughs> All we did was order weed through UPS. <laughs> Big fucking deal. Jerome Simpson just got cut by the Vikings as well. Uh, I'll take him back. 
he did front flip into the end zone. I would love it if that guy ended up on the Browns. But I think he got in trouble again. Speaking of that, too, I also want to mention Sherry earlier when we were talking about who was to blame or what few people were to blame. Sherry brought up that it's Josh Gordon's fault. All of this is. Because they would have won both of those motherfucking games if Josh Gordon was playing. Well, right? by that logic, isn't it all of our fault? Mm-hmm. Society's fault, for sure. We yeah. did let him know. Mostly it's Art Modell's fault. I have a few more notes here. We mentioned stopping the run, defense having a problem with that. Defense is not looking great overall, especially at the end of the game when they just kind of let him run all over him. Uh, I have a note that I put in that just says Hoyer's awesome. I'm totally, I'm on board for Hoyer. The play calling throughout the game was pretty good, you know, especially in the previous years where it's like effective things are taking place fairly consistently. I won't disagree, but then there are moments where they'll get a little too cute. Like, I think it was after the uh, big pass play to uh, Gabriel where they ran a reverse, I think, that went for, like, negative eight yards. Yeah. Like, why run a reverse there? Just fucking, you've proven the first few games you have the ability to actually line up and just run between the tackles. Do that. And speaking of trick plays, Dan, I I know you didn't watch the game, but I imagine you may have seen this in a highlight. Johnny Football showed up a little bit on Oh, Sunday. it came up. It yeah, was mentioned. He, there was a play that was penalized and brought back the old fake conversation on the sidelines with the coaches <laughs> to make a 40-yard reception, which I'm all for, I would like to say, for the record. It was awesome. Oh, no, I love it. Somebody, I think it was Terrence West, was not in position. But somebody brought up later that even that, all things aside, old John Q. Football didn't have his shoulders square. There was all sorts of illegal things going on. What do you guys think about this? I mean, like, we obviously have a quarterback here we're trying to give confidence to at the same time. Though they brought him in for a play before that for a run play, too. Well, they brought him in that play just to, to sell the next play. They ran I the like that they were playing the long game. I feel like all of last week was a setup for that play. Which, even without the penalty on West, turns out would not have been a legal play. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like People later on were like, wait, there's seven things wrong with this. The controversy, if it wasn't for the motion thing, that would have gone off without a hitch. And it would have been awesome, and the Browns could have scored and won the fucking game. So, I mean, back, you know, it would have been great. People call those plays gadget plays, and I think that's bullshit, because those plays work half the time just like every other play. And they're True. amazing when they do. Like, Cincinnati pulled off a, just an amazing trick play this Dalton week. Dalton caught a touchdown. Yeah, it was awesome. He uh, also, it was, it was he, off the chain. He also nearly lost his head on that play. If, if, yeah. that DB, if, if the DB had gone for the hit instead of the ball, Andy Dalton would be dead. <laughs> it would have been worth it. I'd like to point out that as of uh, this recording, the Cleveland Browns are next to last in yards allowed per game at 425 yards per game. That's good then, right? No, next to last, that's bad. Oh, bad. Bad, yes. I got it. Yeah, you, you had it backwards. For yeah. a minute I was like, oh, that's a positive stat. That stats is bringing up to make us feel better. But you nah. chose to go the other way. You're twisting the knife further in. Yeah, yep. that would be my well, argument. No, it's, the they offense, can get though. so much better. I right. think the offense is overachieving and the defense is underachieving. So maybe we can balance out. Or hopefully the offense keeps overachieving, and the hopefully they both overachieve. Right, ideally. Yeah. yeah. Um, running backs looked great again. Uh, what do you guys think happens when Ben Tate comes back? Trade him. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, two running backs is working out well. Why not three? There you go. Uh, what else we got here? Last thing I had, unrelated to the game, but I found out about it after that. Desmond Bryant went to Harvard. Did you guys know that? I did not know that until I saw the game as well. What uh, was his major? Major stuff. Oh, what was his major? <laughs> Sorry, I heard that exactly. You have to find out what his major was. I can't. If I start another document, the podcast will go down. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for at least the third installment of your new top-rated segment, Knocking Out the Big Bang Theory in the number one spot, the 6B and a P pie corner. Oh, pie. shit. Ian, Whoa. do you have the... I think Dan does. Dan. Yes. Uh, can you give us that theme music for the 6B and a P pie corner? It's the pie corner. Come and get yourself a slice. It's the pie corner. It's hot and it's nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, wow, that was good. Yeah, I and did like that. <laughs> that was, I don't even, I kind of lost my train of thought. That was I fucking I don't, 
I don't know if I can follow that. Yeah, and in uh, fact, I think since Dan's a guest here, we might as well just let him do all of them uh, this week. Oh, God, that's all stuck. I had. Oh, okay. He, <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to say that he didn't suck him, so I let that out by accident. Yeah. No, that's really. fine. I suck. Okay, well, now that we've got anyway, that established, right. Pie Corner. Yes, well, welcome to Pie Corner. Dateline, 1995, a cool autumn evening in Cleveland, Ohio. You're at a secret rendezvous with one... Arthur Modell, and this is your one chance to stop him from doing something evil. What kind of poison do you slip into the pie he is having for dessert to kill him and make him not move the team? Wow. We've turned a corner into, like, awesome role play in 6B, 1P pie corner. Anthrax. Uh, ooh. Dan Majeski with the anthrax. Going full out. Sherry right I'm sorry. I feel like I jumped the gun, and I'm sorry. I'm all mute. That's all right. No, I like that. I like that. I was trying to decide who I was going to fuck over first, and you yelled. Sherry Oliver, you have one. Ryson. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. TBT, a little throwback Thursday. Ryson. Now, I should, I should say there is a correct answer. Oh. Really? Yeah. And we should yeah. also for legal reasons, that none of this is real. None of this is real. Um, our lawyers... No, absolutely not. I love Mark <laughs> Wardell. I would never think of farming him. Yeah. Um, Ian, you, well, you can't answer, what? so I have to answer. No, I, no. I yes. have to say, what was that poison that John Ritter used in that Lifetime movie? He used something he put in the shampoo. Rice and in someone's shampoo. Mm, I don't want to use the same answer as you. I think this is a very post-9-11 uh, question, I feel. <laughs> right? I'm going to say glass. Oh, like little, little uh, dust glass. Get well, no, like big, big pieces of glass. Oh, yeah, so force feed him glass. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. You're missing it, man. You're missing an important detail here. It's in the pie, and he doesn't know. He eats enough of it that he just starts bleeding while he's eating it. Okay, and then he just bleeds out, and he suffers yeah. a lot. Sure. Okay. Or at least yeah. when he's like, oh, fuck, there's glass in my pie, you just hit him in the head with a bat. <laughs> All right. Um, what's the correct answer? Brian. Well, Brian Weeby needs to chime in. Well, I was originally going to say a mixture of diarrhea and glass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, now I, I, the bath salts is my final answer. Ooh. All right. You are all incorrect. Unfortunately, uh, Brian Costco, I feel like you came the closest in spirit. The the correct answer is you just shoot him in the goddamn face. Terry <laughs> <laughs> brought up a point that that's not poison. Lead. Lead isn't good for you. Lead poisoning. High Corner doesn't take an entirely dark turn. If any right. of you guys find yourselves in Athens on a Friday afternoon... Uh, Fluff, the local bakery, has Friday Pie Day, Ooh, uh, where you get a free cup of coffee every time you buy a piece of pie. And I bought Brian Costco some grape pie. And it last was Friday. delicious. And I am sure Fluff would love that advertising after shoot that guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Fluff, first take hotline, shoot that guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that pierogi money, fresh take pierogi line. Um, what well, that Sherry is right. Pie Corner, I do appreciate the role playing, but we are about fun here on the Pie Corner. Dan, what is your favorite kind of pie? I feel like this letdown after all that, but I love uh, strawberry rhubarb pie. Attaboy. Yeah. Strawberry rhubarb pie is never a letdown. Never a letdown. I'm gonna send it over to Leroy Kelly. Leroy, what do you got to say for us? Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pie. <laughs> Something like that. All right, Josh Gordon is what we wanted to talk about next before we go to break. He's back, guys. Well, not back. No, he's back. Yeah. He's at the facility practicing because he's, he's smoking nanobots of weed to go over. Is there. he allowed back on Brown's property? Yes. Go Browns! Oh, only to sell cars. Yes, it's just weed, 2014. Has not sold a car. Gordon really? hasn't sold a car. I read an article the other day, no cars. Does anybody here on this show love him? him? The guys there at the dealership, they just love him. Got life. I'm just saying, guys. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know what I mean? I feel it. What is it you're not saying? Well, he's going to get a, a, a jaw life. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Read between the lines. Aye. Bob Marley. I feel you. Here's what I'm looking forward to. The three-way flea flicker uh, with Gordon and Hoyer and and Mr. Football all uh, all involved. It's going to yes. be an incredible 89-yard play. It's like an adult. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you guys a quick fact about Josh Gordon in college? Okay, sure. I'm going to. Go um, when Josh Gordon was playing football at Baylor, uh, he and one of his football teammates, Willie Jefferson, were found asleep in a local Taco Bell. And when police searched Willie Jefferson's car, they found marijuana. Josh Gordon was suspended. He fell asleep in a Taco Bell. I am Josh Gordon. <laughs> we are all Josh Gordon. Free Josh Gordon. We are Gordon. Gary just showed me a picture of Josh Gordon catching a tasty nugget, it looks like, instead of a football, which is pretty hilarious. Which also, and I think we might have used it last year, brings up one of the best photos I've ever seen. Luke posted it last year, and it was Josh Gordon catching a bag of Funyuns, and I haven't been able to find it since anybody out there that has that. Edwards... Gordon will come back with six games remaining in the season. Um, I think if the Browns are even 5-5 five and five there, it might be on. Jaw life going on in Studio B. <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit in the previous couple episodes. We talked about it this week a little bit, touched on it at least. And the big things with the Browns this year seems to be this culture change. And Dan even said, which I, I've mentioned a few times as well, that and I think it's a good point that the Bengals have matured a bit as a team. Less arrests, more time together. These kind of good ideas, better football. Um, and do you think that this Browns team is capable of that change? Do you feel like they're already heading in that direction? I got to say, I got a lot of hope right now. Ooh, hope bringer. Yeah, I mean, I just think there's so many like there's something like twelve undrafted rookies on the team to go and along with other rookies. You know, like. Yeah, uh, foreshadowing America, we got a special edition of small school undrafted dude lightning round coming up later on. Go ahead, Brian. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, like I said, pleasantly surprised that they're playing as well as they have, as much as it hurts that they're losing some close ones. Right. Ian? Yeah, it's definitely, it has to be happening. Like, you can't go through so much turmoil and then, like, see that much – you know, there has been improvement, significant improvement these first three games without in some sort of meaningful way. Now the trick will be just like turning it from a culture of improvement to a culture of actually winning games. Right. I feel like there's a transition period, though, right? I mean, the Browns were pretty fucking terrible. Oh, they were so bad. Good Lord. How, how many Browns have been there more than three years at this point? Ooh, not that many. Joe Thomas, Alex Mack, Hayden, and I mean some of those are four years. I mean, there that's you go. Crazy. It's that's there's they, they need a couple of years together, if nothing else, to form up. I mean, they got a coaching staff that's been there less than a year and a half combined. Right. You think you think on the bye week they're going to go to like Magic Mountain together just to you know just to get to know each other? Trust oh, falls. Man. Yeah, trust falls. Laser <laughs> tag. Back in the day in their bye week, uh, Carson Palmer and uh, Chad Ochocinco went to watch the Colts play when Manning was on his uh, uh, undefeated run. And, you know, everybody was really psyched, and then the Bengals fucking fell apart. Right after that, he wore his Hall of Fame jacket. It was all over. Hashtag Ochocinco. So there, there are fake flashes of hope, believe me. Yeah, I mean, I'm good with that. I feel like... I feel like Petten's the guy, and I, I despite I, I totally agree with what Brian Weeby said earlier that I think Shanahan did kind of blow some calls at the end of the game. He should have ran, took some more time off the clock, but I feel like he called a pretty good offensive game before that. And I feel like even those coaches, you know, he's a young guy. I feel like they're they'll get better in crunch time. The Browns are not used to being good. Like I think that there's a psychological impact that comes. It has to come for players who are used to, like, being, oh, you play for the Browns, like, you're going to lose, and you suck. Like, that's sort of the general idea. And I think we've seen the positive side of when players start to be successful on this team. They do a lot better, and it spreads. Like, I think, like, the second half of that first game, you know, uh, most of the game against the Saints, and then the beginning of this game, too, there's just been these flashes of hope that I think 
are the right direction to be going. And it's good to see guys who already were, like, kind of good, like, uh, you know, really. Like, Andrew Hawkins is awesome. Dan, I assume oh, yeah. you saw him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. That guy is, uh, he's a ball player. He plays say. the ball. He, oh, boy. Um, we're going to take a break. We're going to send it off to Chris Poland and his special Chris Poland segment. Um, we're going to come back do... Uh, lightning round, uh, talk to the guys a bit more about the Browns, try to figure it out, preview next week, and a whole lot more. AquabearLegion.com, you're listening to Six Bs and a P. Here's Chris Poland. This is Ernest Viner, former Browns player. You're listening to Six B's and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. All right, we're back with Six B's and a P. AquaBearLegion.com. Brian Cosgrove here, Six B's and a P. You just heard from the always lovely and highly tested in our market, at least, Chris Poland for some sort of interlude break. I am joined by a lovely group of buddies, a basket full of bevy of buds. <laughs> Sherry Oliver, my wife, bud by marriage, and previous to that, Dan Majeski, special guest. All right. <laughs> he brought us back, in case you don't remember. Uh, Chris, wait, no, we're not joined by Chris Pollen. <laughs> God damn it. Ian, Ian Wolf. Oh, <laughs> all right. And Brian Weeby out in Chicago. Yo, big up to my man Poland. Yeah, Kpo not with us. Hashtag free Kpo. Um, we have not talked about mascots at all this season, and and I, I for one was shocked because there's been a lot of mascot related developments. First of all, guys, and Dan, I mean you haven't, you definitely probably wouldn't know about this shit if you haven't watched the Browns because we haven't even talked about it. We have a live dog as a mascot now. Oh, no! It's so cute! Whoa, it turned Dan into a robot. I'm yeah, still here. No, that was the internet. That wasn't me. I said the dog is awfully attractive. The dog is cute. Oh. Swagger. Yeah, What's his name? Bones? What was that? What's his name? Swagger. Swag. <laughs> Hashtag swagger, baby. <laughs> we like it. Swag, 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 swag. Dan has replaced Ian on the show. He is a robot. We can't understand him. Dan's saying funny stuff. We're going to keep rolling with it. <laughs> what about the giant brownie elf? Has anybody seen him? I saw his hand. You saw his hand? Yeah, like an Instagram photo. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> I like it. It's, 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 it's the stuff of... It's either the stuff of nightmares or furry wet dreams. <laughs> or both. Or both, possibly. Sherry's right, yeah. What, which brings... This all brings up the question, is Chomp still around? Does anybody know? What I is a Chomp? taking some time off with Devon Bess. A Chomps uh, is, was one of the Browns mascots, Dan. He was a large dog-suited dog wearing a football uniform, man wearing a dog suit, um, and he had a jersey that said Chomps on the back. I don't believe you. I can uh, provide a photo. There's a um, great photo of Brian Costco in Chomps. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm gonna fetch that and text it to you while uh, Sherry talks about Chomps. I met Chomps once um, 
in the Cleveland airport on Christmas Eve at about 11 o'clock at night when all of our flights had gotten canceled to the East Coast. They brought in chumps to make everyone feel better, and I actually chased down the golf cart that he was riding in to say hello. Did you get a station ID? Ooh, no, this was before this, the podcast. Yeah, this was like three years <laughs> And for everybody out there, that would actually be BC6B1P. For this photo of chumps here, let's see if I can find that. I'm going to text it to Dan. Or BCE if you're not a monster. Johnny Football could also be a mascot called Swagger. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Hashtag Swagger. They should just make him into a mascot. I think that's a good idea. I, mean, I have previously mentioned, I think he looks kind of like a Muppet. He's a pretty weird-looking dude. I was saying during the game that they should draft uh, that Kenny football out of Texas A&M. Ooh, Kenny football. And then they could just have them both ride the bench, like kind of like Beavis and Butthead. Can brothers be on the same team? Is that legal? <laughs> They could like Ooh, they are brothers. The two footballs on the team, they'd like be uh, solving mysteries. <laughs> the football brothers. <laughs> uh, before we get into the lightning round, I did want to ask you guys, um, and we'll go around the group. What your favorite? You know, the Browns have a lot of great. The one thing that we can say is that even when they're not a good football team, the Browns have a lot of history and symbolism and uh, symbols and iconography behind them. I wanted to know what each one of your favorite one, you know, of those is your favorite. Brian? I guess probably Swagger the dog. I like it. What kind of dog is he? Does anyone know? He's a, like a, he's a big fucking dog. Let's check out. <laughs> a he large dog. Giant hound boxer thing. Yeah, he's big. Wow. He's a good looking dog. He's a bull master. He's laughing at you because you keep turning it into a robot. My favorite uh, mascot. Favorite mascot. Uh, or, you know, like, I'm not necessarily saying mascot, you know, like, I mean, even like Dog Pound or like, you know, Orange Helmets, any of this kind of stuff could work too. What's your, you know. Any, any, What's my favorite piece of Cleveland Browns iconography? Yes. Uh, Muppet Manziel. Muppet Manziel. Damageski. Well, you know, I feel like it, when I when I think about the Browns, I think about the the, the brown, Browns written out in in that uh, just like very plain old school typeface that serifed blocky browns just written across the chest. Like, they don't, to me, they don't have a logo. They don't have a mascot. They're just this thing. They're the fucking browns. And it's, browns. it's, it, it's more spiritual than a, browns. Than the fucking ravens or some bullshit like that. Yeah, with that fucking bird, let's talk about that for a minute. That bird has a bee on its head and no football helmet. Sherry, go ahead. Well, what about your favorite thing? About the browns? Yeah. You know, my favorite thing is probably the orange helmet, and I was actually excited because you, while, while Dan was just saying that, Sherry mentioned that it, at least it'll be like that until they change the uniforms and the look, you know, which we talked about last week. Um, but they, they, I've heard even with that that the orange helmets are going to stay, and to me that's always really cool. And it, Not because of what it is, but I love the idea that, like, in situations where the other 31 teams or whatever have, like, a logo... Ours is a fucking helmet. Like, at out in Nelsonville, where I work, there's this bar, the Mind Tavern, and they have this big banner of, like, NFL football logos, you know? And it says, like, watch the game here or whatever. And it's, like, a bunch of normal logos and a big orange football helmet. I think that they might change the orange. I think that when they update the uniforms, like, the orange is going to be maybe more metallic. It's going to look stupid. They're going to change the orange, and you're going to be sad. What are we oh, gonna I hate the metallics. I hate all metallic mm -hmm. teams. I can't stand this new neon metallic ostentation. team that has the terrible helmet that is, like, one color, and then it gradients into another color. The like a, The worst helmet in the whole world. My favorite. I refuse to acknowledge that they exist. It's a it's awful on all accounts. My favorite uh, Browns thing is people who still have Whedon jerseys and put a piece of duct tape over the E N. Yes. It's a lot of guys like that in town. 
Here is Sherry. I found Swagger the dog for you. He looks a lot like... Oh, he's terrifying. He's huge. He's a bull mastiff. I would never want to meet him in person. No, he will oh knock you God. over and eat you, most likely. Just like the Browns. Holy shit. All right. I am really excited. I actually got to do a little <gasps> bit more research. Well, I'm going to give you another shout-out here. While Sherry was cooking that delicious uh, dinner pie tarp thing... Um, dinner pie. What was it called? <laughs> Galette. Uh, while she was doing that, I was coming up with awesome questions for everybody. For our 6B and a P lightning round, Ian, cue up the music. A lightning round! <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was pretty awesome. Dan, do you have any music? Oh, it's raining. The lightning is coming all down. It's the lightning round. Wow. God, Ian, dude. You know how, like, sometimes... Uh, yeah. Like, you know how sometimes... I mean, yours was good, but Dan's was really good. Okay, go ahead, Ian. Let me, let me give it another go. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and the thunder rolls. And the light... Did we lose him? Uh-oh. You just quit. I kind of gave up. <laughs> okay, that's okay. It was actually really good for a second there. So, 6P1P lightning round with three theme songs, three times the fun. Two and we, a half. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll say two and a half. That was good, though, the beginning of that, and no one will ever know what happens after that. You've left them wanting more. Um, guys, and, and this is actually, I think we can do everybody here. Sherry, do you want to be involved? Sure. Okay, so this is going to be, we'll go around, okay? So I'm going to ask each one of you guys a question. Um... And th this edition of 6P1P Lightning Round is all about small schools and some of the new Browns that we have on our team. Quite a few guys, undrafted rookies, and even drafted guys that went to very tiny football schools. Um, tiny football little tiny football schools where they have their little tiny meetings. Lilliputian. Lilliputian football schools. And this is going to be all about them. Hopefully I have enough... Or, Hopefully I have enough questions to go around. We're going to start with our guest, Dan Majeski. Dan, which of these football powerhouses does not have an alumni on the Browns? Okay, I'm going to give you four choices. One of them is correct. Alabama State, Towson, Fort Valley State, or Abilene Christian? Does not. Does not have a, a graduate on the Browns. And what was Wait, the second one? Graduate say that. Went to school there. Played football there. There we go. An, the a a football alumnus. Yes. Which one and does what? not? So we have Alabama State. Yep. Towson. Fort Valley Towson. State. Yep. Fort, Fort Valley State. State. Abilene Christian. Christian. I'm going to say that Alabama State does not show up on the Browns roster. That is incorrect. Isaiah Crowell. Or What's his name? Crowell. Is it Abilene Christian? Crowell. Uh, the correct answer is Fort Valley State does not have a, a player on the Browns. That seems like the kind of bullshit school that would have a player on the Browns. Agreed. Uh, oh. Ian. Yes. Isaiah Crowell, we're mispronouncing that, Isaiah Crowell, speaking of him in Alabama State, well, he played at Georgia before he played at Alabama State. And my question is you, and I'll give you some choices, is why did he transfer? Okay. okay. A, better football program. B, felony weapons charge. C, closer to family. D, playing time. I believe the correct answer is felony weapons charge. That is correct. As a fan of the Browns, you may have come across that. Isaiah Crowell um, is quite the runner, but we all know that when you started playing at Georgia and then eventually play at Alabama State, that something happened in between. For Isaiah, that was a felony weapons charge. Uh, we still love to be on the show. What was that, Robot Ian? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not worth repeating. Okay, fine. Brian Wiebe. Yep. Before attending the small Lindenwood University, Pierre Desir, one of our new cornerbacks, attended an even smaller school called Washburn University 
in Kansas. What was their mascot? A. Ichabods. B. Fighting Christians. C. Flatlanders. D. Artichokes. Oh, I'm going to guess Ichabods. That is correct. The Washington Washburn Ichabods founded, spoiler alert, by Ichabod Washburn. Just came out of Brian's head. He forgot to put something in for B. Nothing was there for B, so I made that up. But Brian and Ian, you each have one point. Sherry, who's already probably seen some answers, but we'll... Well, no, I mean... Well, no. The answers aren't marked on the... They're not. Ray Agnew III is the Browns' starting fullback, okay? He went to Southern Illinois University, whose nickname is the Salukis. My question for you is, what's a Saluki? Is it A, a Native American? Slightly less offensive than the Redskins, of course. B, dog. C, bear. Or D, an Eskimo woman. (laughs) Eskimo woman. Eskimo woman. Um, I believe it is C, a bear. Oh, that is incorrect. It is B, a dog. The type of dog. It's a really fancy dog. Fancy-ass dog. Did you just make up Eskimo woman? I did. I think I did pretty good, guys, okay? (laughs) Dan Majeski. Yeah, that's me. That's me right here. Joel Batonio went to the well-known football factory that is the University of Nevada. Joel's one of our new guards. When they play their rival UNLV, a rivalry that goes down, you know, even more than Ohio State and Michigan, the two teams battle for a trophy, and that trophy is something. Is it A, a cannon, B, a jug, C, a thimble, or D, a live wolf? A cannon, a thimble, a jug, (laughs) and a wolf. Yes. So... So, uh, the cannon was A. Yes. It's definitely a cannon. Correct. <laughs> also, because I started to say correct when you were repeating them. Oh, I definitely <laughs> didn't hear that. No. I, All right, I, we'll give it to you anyway. Cannon. All right. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, apparently, when teams that are rivals play each other in football, they often play for some dumb thing. In fact, Ohio State and Illinois play for a turtle that's named Illabuck. And now he's made out of wood, but for a little while, like from 1921 to 1928, he was a turtle. The uh, wow. the University of uh, Louisville and the University of Cincinnati, when they play each other uh, on the gridiron, they play for a keg of nails. There you are, keg of nails. <laughs> I like it. Ian Wolf. What? How many touchdowns did Terrence West, our new favorite running back, score in his record-breaking junior season at Towson? I'm going to give you some choices. Okay. 33, 25, 41, or 47? Two things. First, I must take umbrage with you saying he's our new favorite running back. When clearly, it's Isaiah Crowell. Umbridge. And and also... God damn it. 33. Incorrect. It's 41. 41 touchdowns. Is he your favorite now that you know that? Who's your favorite? Crowell. Oh, you do like Crowell. He knows, and he knows how to say his name, yeah. But uh, that's yeah. incorrect. It's 41 touchdowns. Let's all take a minute to realize how awesome it is that he scored 41 touchdowns in a year. Uh, how awesome is that? I'm not sure. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> Cherry Oliver. We're going to give you another Joe Batonio question. In high school, he lettered in another thing other than football. Was it A, shot put, B, wrestling, C, academic team, or D, bowling? I'm going to say D, bowling. That's incorrect. It was shot put. Mm. Big, beefy Joe Batonio. How many letters in academic team are on the podcast right now? Uh, Ooh, one for me. Dan? I, I, uh, I did. Ian? Yep. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Ryan Weeby. I was on WHIZ. <gasps> Shut oh up. I? I bet we competed against each other. So we called you guys the Hillbilly Conference up where me and Dan were from. We're real smart <laughs> people who designed Lorraine. Was Brian, <laughs> Brian Butter an academic team? I don't think we had that at my school. 
Uh, well, you would have. Yeah, you're a smart guy. A lot of brains on six B's and a Wait, B. Wait, what? For why do you? Six why do you? Why do you assume that Brian? You assume Brian did, but you're surprised I was. <laughs> Whoa! I don't know what you just said. Did <laughs> <laughs> everybody else hear that? No. It just sounds like. Sounds yeah, like that's what it sounds like here too. Ian's rocking that's down no, to Electric man. Avenue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you on Molly? Is Haley I'm watching thinking. Netflix right now? <laughs> He's doing uh, it through I a fan. <laughs> the other internet that destroyed. I'm on the Randy internet. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Who's next for the questions? I'm all thrown off now. Um, I am. No, you got that one. Joel Batonio. Batonio. What did you say? Not nope. an academic team. No. Uh, I said bowling, right? And that was wrong with shopping. Okay, so Ryan Weeby, I think we go next to you. I think someone left. Who left? Someone just went out the door. Yeah, I'm right here. Oh my God. I just got back. Had to smoke a right, cigarette. Ryan, Ryan question. Taylor Gabriel went to Abilene Christian University. Abilene Christian. Which of the following does this school hold the NCAA record for? Okay, one of these. Most consecutive Division II wins, that's A. B, most sacks. C, most forfeits. Or D, longest field goal. What was A again? A, hold odds. Cherry Oliver is destroying everything in the studio. A was most consecutive wins. I'm going to go with that one. All right, it's incorrect. Longest field goal, 69-yarder. Longest huh? I, the lightning round is also going to be edited because half of it's Ian making robot sounds. Bleep, bleep, bloop, bloop. <laughs> Ian, next question to you. East Central State University, Oklahoma is the alma mater of Armonte Bryant. Which one of these fellow alumni is not real? Okay. Harlan Stonecipher, prepaid legal services, Inc., founder, chairman, CEO. Bill Anawatubi, Chickasaw Nation governor. C. Lyle Boren. Former U.S. Congressman or D. Billy Bob Thornton in parentheses attended Academy Award-winning American screenwriter, actor, as well as occasional director, playwright, and singer. <laughs> uh, a. No. Uh, against all better judgment, Harland Stone Cipher, prepaid legal services Inc. is at least in Wikipedia a person that did go to East Central State Oklahoma. Harland Stone Cipher. That's correct. That's Billy Bob insane. Thornton did not go there. Uh, I, I've got a I've got a funny story about the prepay legal services. Go ahead. I was at a, I was at Oktoberfest in Cincinnati, and a guy approached me with a Manila envelope full of information about that prepay legal services, and he told me I don't have a lot of these. So if you're not interested, can you leave it in the phone booth at the corner of Vine and Twelfth tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Where I imagine there's at least a few other things. Yeah, I didn't leave it for him, but I didn't throw it away for a while because I felt kind of bad about it. So right. I had it for like three years, and then I moved, and then I threw it away. There you have it. Prepaid legal services. Harlan Stonecipher, we'd love to have you on the show. I have just a couple more questions. These ones are quick, and I'm going to give it to just three guys. Very probably might have seen some of these. Uh, it's all Twitter handles, guys. Ian, which one what? of these is Ray Agnew's Twitter handle? Are you ready? you got to guess the correct one. At Ray Agnew, that's A. B, Browns FB for life, spelled with a Y. C, underrated underscore FB. Or D, at all day Ray FB. Oh, man, I want it to be all day Ray. That's why it's in there. Is it? That's my guess. No, incorrect. It's actually underrated God. underscore FB. Underrated football? Uh, fullback. Fullback. Also works for football, though. Um, Brian Wiebe. Uh, Pierre Desir, another guy. Uh, here are your choices. This is his Twitter handle, at Pierre underscore Desir. Kind of simple, but elegant. B is at Haitian Warrior. <laughs> C. 
C Air C B and I'm gonna spell that out that's P E E A I R C B. See what I did there. Or D Pierre C B twenty six. Uh I'm gonna go with uh, A. That's correct. Pierre underscore Desir. Nice and He's simple. a very elegant man. And Dan Majeski, I have a the final question of this long lightning round. I really don't think it's gonna be that long once we edit it. Hey, I've got a question for you. Have we done the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline? No, we actually we're supposed to have Ian here by the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. Um, maybe we need I well maybe the tweet of the week could sponsor them. But as always, America, we're here on AquamareLegion.com, and you can find all calls, guests, and crew members sponsored by the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. Dan Majeski is sort of like a pierogi brother. I've been known to be related to Pierogi Mountain. Yes, kind of a Pierogi sibling. I like how you won't just name them a sibling of Matt. Well, I mean, you know, it's a roundabout way. I have a question. Go ahead. Do you? Do you feel like I do? (laughs) Peter Frampton's talk box, everybody. Dan Majeski. Final question for you via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. The Browns took a chance on a rookie unknown kid from a tiny school, hoping he would change the future of our franchise. My question to you is the name of that kid. A, William Henry Speed Skating. B, Jose Field Hockey. C, Vincent Van Badminton. Or D, Jonathan Q. Football. Uh, C, Vincent Van Badman. That is correct. Our new lawn sniper, Vincent Van Badman. And thanks, everybody, for playing. So who won? I think it was uh, Brian. <laughs> Brian Weeby, you're the winner. How about I feel that? like a special person who went to a small school somewhere and had a big dreams and made the Cleveland Browns. There you have it. We're going to take one more break here. As I mentioned earlier, all guests are from the Pokemon Press Hotline. They're delicious. You can find them at Bourbon Street, Tuesday night, 75 cents. Eventually, we are going to start charging him for this. Invoices. We're just going to send him invoices. $9,000 in back fees. Right. It's a reasonable deal. Mm-hmm. We're going to send you off to a quick break. We'll be back. Six Bs and a P, AquabareLegion.com. Woo! All right, we're back. That was exciting. I'm not even sure. That was a hell of a break. What is the name of the beef jerky that might knock Pierogi Mountain out of the sponsorship? Uh, that's Wild Mike's original beef jerky. So mm-hmm. local beef jerky from here in Cincinnati. It's making a name for itself. Better than that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't wrap that in a pierogi. Well, when well, you could. That'd be totally delicious. Totally yeah, that would be delicious. That's sort of the thing with pierogies. You could sort of wrap anything in them. I dig it. Ian, it's time for the Tweet of the Week. Why don't you cue that music? It's the Tweet of the Week. Ryan Weeby filling in for what I can only imagine is either robot or now possibly deceased. Poor shit. I think that was just heat of the moment. Hey, Dan, I don't know how many times you've been on this show, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not whatever he said it was. I've never even heard of that. What, heat of the moment? Yeah, what's what's he talking about? <laughs> well, replace the tweet of the week when you say those words. Replace it with heat of the moment for a second. Try with the right words. It's the tweet of the week. Yeah, I felt good. No, that's exactly heat of the moment. What what are you saying to me? The heat of the moment? So if it were like if it were hot just for like yeah. a second and then it wasn't anymore. Like a dry heat? Oh yeah, no, totally. It's like a blast. Like a whoosh. Hold on guys. No, like, I, Sherry's, hold on, Sherry's right. I've got something here. Like a warm it's wind, but like warmer. Of the moment. Wow, thanks for doing that, Sherry, because the rest of the guests that are on all the time weren't able to do so. Our tweet of the week comes from my man, the source of all of our problems, Josh Gordon. 
You can find him at Josh underscore Gordon XII slash Gordon. He says, just poured a fat, I'm guessing ass, fat ass bowl of cereal just to find out we ain't got any milk. Straight mouthed, smiley face emoticon. Hashtag put some water on that. Water on the cereal. It gets better. <laughs> Hashtag it gets better. Uh, bye week next week. Thank God. Give me a little breather. Um, and we're off. Definitely not doing a podcast next week. No, not at all. I think we need the break. We can I've all use. I've turned into a robot. Several times. Partially. And work on getting that fixed or making you a better robot, depending on what. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I've I've been a human for thirty four odd years now. Right. I've I'm kind of over it. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing what being a robot's all about. You have run your course. Yeah. Well, I've you know, I'm, right now I'm living on borrowed time. Let's be honest. Living on um, robot time. Living on robot time. You love that music, damn. Yeah, I'm pretty tired of it. We want to talk about though real fast before we go on our buy on the vacation. Uh, we play the Titans when we come back. What do you guys think? We better beat the damn Titans. Yeah, they're, Holy shit, they're terrible. They're terrible. And we actually have several terrible teams coming up. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Titans are particularly kind of rough. And I believe that's where our man uh, Ray Horton is, too. How will Christian Kirksey know what, what side to play for? Oh, he is the tiny Titan. I'm going to be at that game. Really? Say what? Yeah, I'm going to go see the Titans, man. Going Would you to like to file a, uh, a field report? Oh, I definitely will. I don't think he's going. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Me and Lee are going. It's, uh, we're, we're, my aunt lives down in Nashville now, so we're going to go meet like 24 family members there and have a crazy time. There you go. Tennessee City. Wait, you have 24 family members in Nashville? No, but like people are headed that way. Oh, gotcha. Go Browns. Yeah, file a field report. Yeah, we're going to get drunk and fuck up Nashville. It's going to be crazy. There it is. That's exactly what we need a few minutes of recording. Mm -hmm. No, it's going to make it. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Are you going to come back to the country in Western Star? What's that? Oh, nothing, robot. <laughs> difficult. Uh, so, this is going to be a fun episode to edit. Uh <laughs> Bye week for the Browns, and then they come back to the Titans. But then they have <laughs> that I think are all pretty reasonable. You know, they have the Steelers again, which, you know, I think could go either way. But then it's Jaguars, Raiders, Buccaneers. Win, uh, win, win. Right? And then Bengals, which will probably be a loss. But then Texans, Falcons, Bills, I think there's a few more in there. And then it's, you know, Colts, Bengals, Panthers, Ravens. So there's a few other games they're definitely going to lose. They're going to be tough. But I like that run of Jaguars, Raiders, Bucks comes at a good time. And even that Texans game, and I think, you know, it's possible they could take one from the Steelers. I think they could beat the Bills. Colts aren't looking great. So Josh Gordon comes back around that time, too. It's not for right. When they, when they hit their tough uh, part of the schedule, which is the end of the season, they'll get a weapon back to Josh Gordon. Once Hoyer gets hurt, then Johnny Football will be throwing up a storm and it'll be crazy. So we'll be in a good spot. <laughs> no. That's the, kind no. of that's the kind of analysis that does sort of come from being the guy that hasn't watched the Browns but can still figure out what's going on. It's pretty <laughs> impressive, but, uh, God, I hope it's not uh, Johnny Football anytime this year. I don't know how good he is for more than one play at a time that involves him having a fake conversation. <laughs> I think the Browns can beat the Titans, though. Does everyone kind of feel that way? I know we did this, like, hey, what do you think? I was like, yeah, I think you could win every week. but <laughs> I mean, this one we really better win. Otherwise, it's, it is it is same old Browns. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to call, like, the fourth game of the season must win, but a lot hinges on this. Robot Ian, can you crunch some numbers and shoot out a, like, a receipt of what's going to happen in the game? <laughs> Titans lose by three. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. 
If any college students out there are interested in interning, you might be able to make it look official on paper. Even Browns by 124. Nice. Brian, how much are the Browns winning by? Uh, 10. Nice. A little more reasonable than 124. Sherry? Uh, a field goal. Oh, very good. <laughs> Robot Ian. Robo Wolf. Finity. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does anybody have anything else they want to add? I just drank a big glass of scotch out of a Browns glass, so uh, go Browns. Go Browns. I like it. We've converted fully, at least for this hour, a guy that has a 3-0 football team. Apparently a glass of scotch is enough. Go Browns. Go Browns. Um, we'll be here at same time, same channel. Two weeks from now, definitely no show next week. You no show. Us, no show. You can find us. Got to regroup. Hey, why is there no show next week? Because the Browns, wink, wink, are off. So why would we do a show? Triple wink. Browns. What was that? <laughs> wow. I'm leaving most of this in, too. I think it's pretty entertaining, personally. So yeah, yeah, should we? Although I feel bad because I think Ian says good things. Do sometimes. you though? Do you? I do sometimes. But it's mostly pretty funny. I think I did Thank see though here. Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna have a show next week, but I have gotten word from Aquabear Legion that they still want to fill this programming time, so they're picking up a related program. A sister podcast. A sister podcast. So that'll be interesting. Check back for that. You can find us two weeks from now talking about hopefully how the Browns beat the Titans. Or, man, if they didn't, everything sucks. Maybe Dan Majeski will have some audio from the game. Did you say baby Dan Majeski? Baby Dan Majeski. Maybe, baby. Baby, baby. He drank a glass of scotch. He'll play the baby Dan Majeski game. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> baby All right. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at 6 one P, that's number six, letter B, number one, letter P. Find us on Facebook by searching six Bs and a P. Always proud to be on AquabareLegion.com. Your source for force. Chris Poland, we missed you this week. We'll see you again soon. Go Browns! Go Browns! Thanks for being here. Browns. Where's Robot Bernie? Where's Robot? Where's Robot Bernie? Bernie! Bernie! <laughs> <laughs>